0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The great impossible mission of God to redeem mankind. He got it done, but it started with a woman. Somebody say a woman. Spoke to you about the importance of women yesterday. They've been mistreated and oppressed through the centuries. By the time it came time for Jesus to be born, God spoke to a virgin named Mary. Little teenage girl. And the most important thing in history was about to happen, and God spoke to a young lady. Wasn't even a grown woman yet, but she was old enough. Well, I guess she was grown enough. She was old enough to have a baby, right? She was engaged to a man. She said, look, I've never been with anybody. How can this be? Said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And she said, let it be unto me according to your word. So she basically said, bring it. Bring it, after the word was declared. Powerful. So it took a woman. But I'm going to tell you what, we're going to move on to the next story today. It also took a man, it took a man of God who would believe God's word and hear God's word. And that was Joseph. He was placed in an interesting situation culturally and religiously. And especially for that time with Israel, we know some of you that have been in church for years. Let's see a show of hands. How many of you have been in church for 50 years or more? Raise your hand. We got some in here. Wow, 50 years or more. 40 years or more. Let me, raise, let me see your hands raised. How about 30? Well, I got 40 or more. Okay, so I'm with you all. 30, 30 or more. How about 20 years or more? 10, 5. Okay, my point this morning is that there's some folks been in here for a while in church. Some of you are like, 10 years, man. I've only been walking with God five years or two years or a year or it's been some months. Joseph was raised in the most religious the most religious the most religious culture in history to date especially at that point in time and that was the Jewish culture so when God speaks to Joseph it's going to it's going to be in a very unique situation it's a very very religious culture so even Mary going all right, well, I'm going to be expecting. She didn't question. She didn't say, man, what are people going to think? I'm sure she thought that, but she didn't question the angel when he came to her. We spoke about that last week. She said, let, your, let it be unto me as you have promised. So what I'm getting at is, can you imagine folks that have been in church forever, raised in church forever? This was the church before this church. This was the Jewish synagogue. This was religious law, Jewish religious law from the Old Testament. They were very religious. Now, religious can be used... In one of two senses. A religious person is a God-fearing person. But in scripture, religious does not always have a good connotation. It means someone who has the rules and the legalities of the law of God's word, but they don't have a real relationship with him. They have rules and rules and legalism. So in this situation, yeah, there were some godly people, obviously, because God spoke to Mary and Joseph, but there was some real legalism back then. It was so legalistic. You remember later on in the story, as Jesus is born and he grows older, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they didn't recognize him for who he was. They didn't recognize him as God. They said, you can't be. And they crucified him. So you were in a a very, very, I can't say it enough, religious, strong, staunch, obstinate, stubbornly, stubbornly, stubbornly legalistic, all based on the commandments of the Old Testament. That's fine to a point if you're going to love God and you're going to go by the law and you're going, to, you're going to obey. But these folks, for many, it was just law. Many didn't have their hearts right. So imagine what God is speaking into at this moment to Mary and then now Joseph. And now God is saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to be born into this mess. They need it. It's time to divide history. So the title of today's message is The Challenge. And I want to tell you this right now. Based upon God's word, if I offend somebody, you know I love you. I'm going to just speak the truth to you. The future is not female. The future is male and female. It always has been. Throughout the ages, we've missed it with women. And they mistreated women. And now there's even global sex trafficking, men and women. There's millions in sex uh, slavery. But I'm telling you, throughout history, women have been mistreated, and then there's been seasons of men being mistreated. And now it's like society is trying to correct itself because they've treated women wrong for so long, it took them forever to get the vote and equal rights here and there and still working on equal pay and all this. This is not a a civics lesson, but this is the truth of God's words. Scripture says in the New Testament, in the Lord there's no male or female, there's no Jew or Greek. We're all his kids, man. And so I just want to remind you, the future isn't just female, yes, the future is powerful with females, with women, with men, but Jesus came through a woman, and Jesus had to have a dad on earth, so he had a stepdad, and this is the story of that stepdad, so imagine, imagine this story if you would, and I'm going to say before I get started, what a man, what a man, he was in the midst of Jewish culture, his own beliefs, let's go to Matthew 1, 18, Matthew 1, 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah is the anointed one, the chosen one, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to who? To Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she'd never been with anybody, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. Once again, remember, it's a very religious society. Everybody's looking at them going, hey, what are you doing? Right? Even in this society. Some of you say you were going to get married, and all of a sudden, your wife-to-be is pregnant. What does everybody say? He got her pregnant. Are you all with me? So, first thing everybody says is, of course, they're together. They've been faithful to each other. He got her pregnant. So God put them into an interesting and controversial situation here. But he's testing hearts, he's trying hearts, and God, had, God does not always do stuff the easy way. Is everybody with me? He puts people, or allows them to be in impossible situations so that he can get the glory, and he can show them a way out, and he can show how powerful and mighty he is. So her fiancé was a good man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, right? So he decided to break the engagement quietly. See, back in the day, you could have publicly said, that ain't my child, I wasn't messing with her, I'm holy, she's unholy, she's trash, bye. And they would have shamed her. See, in that culture, you see later on in history, as Jesus is older, one time a lady was going to be stoned for adultery, remember? But it was just the lady. So she was committing adultery by herself. Where was the man? So it's a strange culture. So, see, chances are Mary could have been stoned. He didn't want to disgrace her. So one translation says he was going to put her away quietly. It's like an annulment or a divorce. Because back in the day, once you were engaged, you were practically already married. It was a betrothal. All right? So he was going to break the engagement quietly. Look quietly. Look at the next verse. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David. Wow, he's a direct line from King David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Man, when you get put into a weird situation or you find yourself in a strange situation, what's the first thing you feel? Fear. The angel says, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the what? The Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Look at the next verse. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. What? That's never happened. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, what did he do? He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Look at the next verse. He didn't have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him what? Jesus. So I want to share a few points with you. And some of you are going to say, well, this could have been a fluke, man. I mean, anybody could just obey God on something like that. Not necessarily. And I'm going to show you this morning that Joseph was not just a one-trick pony. Does anybody know what that is? It wasn't just a one-time thing for Joseph. He was actually a man of God. It wasn't just a one-trick pony, a fluke, oh, you obeyed God, so now we remember him. He was honorable. He was a good man. Let's get into this, okay? So point one this morning, you got to be able to hear the word. Many folks aren't going to read the Bible at home. They're not. I I may not be speaking to you this morning, but there are those who are not. So they need to be able to put themselves in a position where they can hear the word, and that may be through you. It may be through the Bible at home, but it may be through coming to church and hearing the preaching of the word. So you've always got to remember, number one, when you're in relationship with God, you've got to place yourself in a position where you can hear God. You've got to be in a position for it. I do that weekly, not because I'm the pastor. You say, oh, no, Matt, that's just your job. That's why you do it. No, before I was, long before I was pastor, I would put myself in a position where I could hear God. Now, what does that mean? I was talking to Dad um, this week. And we talked about, man, that's why, I believe it was yesterday, Talk about that's why you got to have a quiet time to hear God. That's why you got to be alone with God sometimes. Because you're going to hear God at church. You are, and I believe the word's going to fall on good ground this morning. But you've got to be in a place to hear God. It may be in your car. It may be in your prayer closet. Some of you say, man, I, my, there's too many clothes in my closet. You know what I mean. I can't fit in there with all the shoes. They're falling out. It's like on the movies. They close the closet door, open it, and everything falls out. Your, your private place, your secret place, wherever you hear from God. So you got to put yourself in a position to hear God, whether that's through the reading of the Word and praying on your own, coming to church and being faithful, being planted somewhere, right, in your car, driving around, on the road if you commute. How many of you commute to work, like, say, more than 10 miles? Raise your hand. Anybody in here? More than 10 miles? We've got some drivers, some commuters. We've got some, kind of. All right. You got time in the car. Traffic has been a little worse Lately, worse than it used to be, uh, kind of strange, but not terrible still. But you got time in the vehicle. You've got to place yourself in a position where you can hear him. And that's what Joseph did. Some don't want to hear it, number one. Have you ever met someone like that? They're so, so much avoiding hearing from God or hearing from others that are going to speak God's word that they move away from that situation because they don't want to put themselves in a position where they feel convicted. I don't want to feel guilty. I'm not going to hear it. I've had people do that. I've had people see me coming. Like I'm going to just run up on them roughshod, go jump on them and go, hey, man, hear the word. You know, I'm the pastor over here, so I'm going to just break it down right now. Let's get into the Greek and Hebrew. You need to accept Jesus or you're going to hell. It's funny, and I don't come across that way, but I've had people when they weren't serving God, especially those maybe they used to serve God, and they see me coming, and they can see me coming a mile away. The sun's shining off my bald head, and they're like, the warning beacon, right? Red flag. They're like, I got to move. Why? They don't even want to be in a position where they can hear God. I don't ever want you to be that way as a child of God. I believe everybody in here is a child of God, especially after Pastor Jen led the prayer. But you've got to run to God. Set the atmosphere and set the stage where you can hear from God. I don't know about you, but I, I need to hear from God on several things right now in my life. You? I do, and I've heard from God on so many, but there's things I'm waiting for an answer on because I'm talking to Him about it. I have a running conversation with Him. So don't ever avoid situations where God is going to speak to you. Some do. Some run from hearing. And some, when they're in a position to hear from God, they just don't want to hear it. Then others, they hear it and they ignore it or they file it away or they put it off. Now here's the the deal, though. And here's why some people don't want to hear. Because they realize... Maybe instinctively they realize that if they hear it, they're going to be responsible for it. Once you hear God's word, you're responsible for it. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the Savior you've been introduced to? What are you going to do with Jesus now? What are you going to do about it? I mean, one man of God years ago said, man, you can't get him off of your mind. He's talking about Jesus. He said, can't get him off your hands. You don't know what to do with him if you're not obeying God. He's this problem for folks that are running and staying away from hearing God's word. He's a problem because Jesus and the cross will always be there. Whether you were taught it or not, I believe that people instinctively know that God has a calling on their lives. And that's why some run. Because why? They say he's going to make me do something that would embarrass me. He's going to make me do something that would shame me. No, you know what? Brothers and sisters, friends, family, Hobsons, hobbits, whatever they call us. Scripture says, God speaking to his people, he said, my people will never be ashamed. If you'll really seek God and humble yourself, he's never going to shame you. He's never going to call you or ask you to do something that you can't do. I've always been outgoing, and some of you have heard part of my story, but, man, I'm going to tell you right now, it used to terrify me to stand in front of people. I, it was like, it was it was akin to me standing up here in a bath towel, just scared. Just like, man, I don't know. They're, I don't know if they were, they're going to see all my flaws, or I'm just nervous. I, I did a speech in 10th grade, and I was talking about myself, and, uh, one of my friends, she goes, uh, "You were nervous, weren't you?" She goes, "I go, how'd you know?" She goes, "I can just tell." Yeah, have you ever seen somebody they're talking and it looks like they want to cry? Little, their lips are quivering. Yeah, this. Uh, my name is Matt. You know, I was just scared, outgoing but unpracticed. So yeah, I ran from the call when I was like, "Wait." I, I feel like I was called to share the gospel. I feel I was called to be in the ministry. Yeah, I ran from it for different reasons, not just that. Why? Because we as humans, we think many times God's going to ask us to do something that we hate or ask us to do something we're not going to be good at or ask us to do something that is going to put us to shame. Folks, hear me out this morning. Don't run from hearing God's voice because you don't know what he's going to tell you yet. You've been ignoring maybe. You've been ignoring and putting it off, putting it off. No, it's time to hear God's voice, and that's what Joseph did. That's part of what made him such a great man. He actually heard. He put himself in a position to hear God because he was a solid guy. He was a believer of sorts. This is before Jesus was born and we could place our faith in Jesus, but God was calling him to something. All of history turned on Mary's decision, but right after Mary's decision, the other fulcrum for all of history and turning point was who? Joseph. Joseph a truly heroic man in that culture to say, hey, by the way, the girl you're getting engaged to, she's pregnant, but uh, by the Holy Spirit. What? That's what God spoke to him. We're responsible for what we hear from God, whether it's through the word privately or through preaching or teaching or something on TV or on the radio or from somebody who loves you who's speaking the truth. And did you know God will even use unbelievers sometimes to speak to you? I've had people speak to me, and they didn't know God from the man in the moon. They didn't know God, but they spoke truth to me, and I was like, oh, man, I think that's right. That's amazing. I think that's right. So put yourself in a position to hear like Joseph did, all right? Number two today, when you hear, believe. If you hear from God, go ahead and decide that you believe. Remember, believing is an act of your will said, how do I believe? How do I have faith? Well, Scripture says God has given us the measure of faith. So you got, even your faith was a gift. But the faith you were given is a seed. You've got to grow it into something. You've got to build on it. All right? You've got to build on it. Faith. How do I believe? How does faith come? Well, by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So this goes back to point one, doesn't it? The more you hear from God, the more you hear the truth, the more you hear the Word, the more you believe. Man, the more you hear something, even if it's negative, did you know that you'll start to believe it? So you've got to put yourself in a position to hear, but to be able to hear God's word. So point two today is believe. It's always a choice. It's always a choice. I I have a situation with my wife. We got married um, 12 years ago, and it was such a unique situation because God had spoken to me, and I knew before I met her she was going to be my wife. But I'm going to tell you right now, when I met her, it was love at first sight. But I even want to tell you, right then at that moment, I chose to love her. I mean, she was fine and all that. Sorry, baby. She'll get on to me later. I mean, she was fine and tall and all this, but I'm from the. I'm a child of the 80s. We said fine back then. Y'all remember that? Man, he's so fine. Y'all remember that. Some of y'all said it in high school, in junior high. But I chose. I decided. I said, man, that's the woman I want to marry. The first time I met her, I said, I want to marry her. I chose. You have choices in life. You can choose to believe or not, right? I can speak every word of the scripture this morning to you, and you can say, I believe it or I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm not buying this. This is all fairy tales. You choose. It's up to you. You can choose. You can choose to believe. But remember this. Everything we do revolves about, around what you believe in. Everything we do revolves around our faith. You say, man, well, I don't have faith in God, but you're putting your faith in something. If you're not serving God, you're putting your faith in something. It may be money or the opposite sex or whatever else, the career, other things, life, just temporary things. But we put our faith in something, and your whole life revolves around your faith. Are you still with me? Somebody say amen in this house. Your, your whole life revolves around what you believe in. All right. Whether that's God and your marriage and your family and your church, whatever, it's always a choice. It's the heart of your walk with God, how we live, how we act, what we believe in. So Joseph did this. He heard and he believed. I know he believed because, point three, he did what he was asked to do. If you believe it, you're going you're to walk it out, aren't you? So you hear, you believe, and then you do. If we really believe and walk in faith, we'll do exactly what God asked. We'll act on it. Can you imagine? I said, I believe that God's called me to the ministry. I've had people tell me that before. God's called me to the ministry. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? I'm not really going to. Well, then you don't don't believe that's for you. You're not believing God's word. You didn't take it at what he said there. And it might be something uncomfortable or something you're avoiding, what God has spoken to you about. I want to challenge you this morning. What has God asked you to do? Everybody look at me. Boy, it's quiet in here. What has God asked you to do? Hmm? I know you know. And you you may say, I need to hear from God on this other stuff. Yeah, but there's certain things in life maybe that God has asked you to do and maybe you still haven't done them. This is your challenge this morning. That's why the title of this message is The Challenge. You think Joseph wanted to put himself in a controversial position? No, later on in Jesus' life, I believe it's John chapter 8, the Pharisees questioned, they questioned Jesus. They said, They said, we know who our father is. Who's your father? You know exactly what they referred to because people talk, don't they? People talk. Small towns? Bethlehem was a small town. We've been there, and I think it's still a small town. And people talked, man. I bet it was real small back then. Said, hey, yeah. Hey, she was showing already when they got married, we actually got married. She was showing. Is that Joseph's baby? And the others are like, no, they, said, they say it's a, a child of the Holy Spirit, and they're all, mm-hmm, yeah, right, that happens. You know how people are, unbelievers, man, they don't believe. They're all, mm-hmm, sure. They're all, but yeah, but haven't you heard all the th- strange circumstances surrounding his birth, like the, the prophecies and God speaking to them and the Holy Spirit and all these miracles and the shepherds and the three wise men, they're all, mm-hmm, yeah, that ain't his dad. And so they don't believe. But Joseph did it nonetheless. He heard it, he believed, and then he did. Hmm. It's time to stretch yourself. I don't know who this is for this morning. It may be for every one of you in here. This is for me too. It's time to stretch yourself and your faith. It's time to do something new and challenging that God has called you to do because he's been speaking to you already. He's already been speaking to you. Maybe it's been a while. Well, it's time to do it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2 same book verse 13 this is for those of you saying well that that was kind of a fluke i mean joseph did that who knows i mean anybody could have done that in that position just said well i'll take a chance this is god speaking to me i'll do it i'll obey no you know what look at this you guys remember the wise men they came to see jesus and then they kind of stirred up herod they got herod going because herod said wait another king is being born so then Herod is a dangerous man the wise men went to him for some reason I don't know why God used the situation the wise men went to Herod and said where's the king the 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 one who was born king of the Jews and Herod's like I'm the king of the Jews okay so there's danger there's going to be danger happening after the wise men were gone an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream get up Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he heard, he believed, and then he did again. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Wow. So once again, Joseph performed. You don't hear much more about him in Scripture. You hear about his parents later on when they, they, they lost Jesus in Jerusalem. They left him behind during some feast days. And, but you don't hear much more about Jesus, uh, Joseph in the Bible. But he must have been quite a guy, huh? I don't know if he was an older guy or what, or he died young. But we know he trained Jesus as a carpenter. He did his job as an earthly father for Jesus. And you know what? Above all, he heard God's word. He placed himself in a position to hear God's word. He believed, and then he did more than once. And I believe even in bringing bringing Jesus up, he heard, he believed, and he did over and over again. He trained him and he taught him. Man, Jesus was all God, but he was all human. And he had a good father figure. You don't hear Joseph mentioned much after this, but he did something right. So he must have been quite a man. So I want to ask you today, once again, before we pray, where are you with God? What has God asked you to do? Has God asked you to do something that you haven't done yet? Is God speaking to you this morning, reminding you about something he's already spoken to you about? What is God speaking to you about today? What is it? I want you to think about it. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. Close our eyes this morning, if you would, please.